because it's like the most famous verse ever. If you've ever been watching a football game, likely today at the Super Bowl, there's going to be somebody behind the goalpost holding up the sign, John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16. So I'm trying to come up with some way, some fresh new take, some fresh new look, and I just, I can't do it. And I'm like, I, I think it, like we could go really deep with this or we could try to find some context with it. And it's just, um, if you've ever had to do something every week, there's this, there can be this I serious case of like writer's block. And I was experiencing writer's block for sure. Um, and on top of that, the, my, my regular job, my office job, had, we had just moved from the 18th floor to the 16th floor, and we'd have the packing last week and then unpacking this week, and it's just chaotic life at the office. And, um, and I've, we're going to record two episodes of this podcast, and so like my life is full, and it's crazy, and I've got writer's block, and I've got to get this done. Uh, and so it was really, really kind of stressful. And so I, the way that I had been watching this movie, uh, rewatching the movie to prepare for the podcast was like in 15, 20-minute segments as I could. So um, there was a time, I'm going to show you a clip from it in just a second. There was a time when I had just said, all right, I'm going to lay down the sermon. I'm going to lay down the podcast. I'm going to lay down the busyness of the office. And I'm just going to watch 15 or 20 minutes of this movie and just enjoy it. Because it's a, if you have seen The Stranger Than Fiction, uh, it's Will Ferrell and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And if you've, uh, if, if you've seen it, it's a really good movie. And so I just decided I'm going to lay all the pressure of, of the to-do list down. I want you to hear that. I want to lay, lay down all of the pressures of my three different to-do lists and just watch a good movie for 15 minutes. And when I did that, this clip that I'm about to show came on. And so if you haven't seen it, the background, Will Ferrell is, um, it's, by the way, it's, it's not silly Will Ferrell. It's actually, he's actually acting. Um, and uh, he's an IRS agent named Harold Click, Crick. And he's um, auditing uh, a baker named, uh, who's Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. And so that's what you'll see here. It's been a really long and miserable day because an auditor is auditing this free spirit girl, right? And so they don't really mix together until this scene and this happens. Go ahead and, and hit that, Boston.
So as I'm sitting there watching that, knowing that I'm about to say to you, God loves you. And sometimes it's just so simple. Um, God loves you, and I, I love that. I, I just I love that he said, "I want to give you a cookie," and and his response was, "I, I can't." We try, and, and especially, like, I'm guilty of this a lot as, as a preacher, is, like, I, I try to bring depth and, like, nuance to what I want to speak to you. But sometimes it's just as simple as enjoying a cookie. Um, so I have something for you today. I have a cookie for everybody here today. And... Rebecca and Ben are going to pass them out to you. Jen made them, yes, yesterday. You, they're not store-bought cookies. They are cookies. And, okay, there's two reasons that you're getting a cookie. You're getting a baggie with a cookie in it right now. There's two reasons you're getting that. One is because I want you to just simply enjoy something. Um... I know it's kind of distracting as, as we're passing cookies out, but I, I really like, I need you to hear this. God loves you very much. And as you take a bite of a cookie, Sarah's already halfway done with her cookie. <laughs> um, as you eat these cookies and as you eat, the, just like you can do one of two things. You can just simply enjoy the fact that you've got a nice, fresh Jenny Max cookie that you're about to eat. Or you can, with every bite, I, I want you to feel and taste and allow your senses to see that, that God loves you. Eat it, right? Like, save it for later or, or eat it now. Yeah, thank you. God loves me too. Um, but the, the, the proclamation is, and see, here's, here's the thing. There are many times where we will be presented with a cookie to eat, and our response to God is, I can't. And here's the part, like, I don't know if you remember, but in that, in that clip, he says, I can't. She says, in response, you've had a really hard day. I know I made sure of it. And if you've seen the movie, you know that, like, leading up to that point, he was, she was like, super unhelpful and been really mean to him and just hard to him. And I, think, I thought to myself, wait a second, that doesn't work in this illustration because Maggie Gyllenhaal's character is playing the God character that he, she just is doing a kind thing for someone who's been being not nice to her. So, but how does that work with her saying, I know it's been a hard day for you because I made it be a hard day for you. Here's what I want you to, to see, and this is where we get a little deep, but this is probably the, the deepest we'll go today. Um, the, sometimes God orchestrates events in our lives that we appear, or we in, what we intake is God is being hard or mean or rough to us or making my day miserable. 
But what he's trying to do actually is to get you to a place where you can just simply enjoy the fact that he loves you. Um, and it's, it's profound and it's incredible to just stop and breathe in the fact that God loves you. It's not complicated. Um, and also, I want you to know that there's, there's a human being on this planet right there. Her name is Jen, and she loves you. She, and so he, here's the other thing that, that's very interesting. It's been a crazy busy weekend for us, especially for Jen. Um, but she baked you yesterday afternoon when she had a million things to do. She stopped and baked you cookies because she loves you. And the end of our sermon today, we're going to be thinking for the rest of the time about how much God loves us. And if we really understand how much God loves us, it has to send us to love people because God loves us. So I hope with every bite of your cookie, you understand the depth of the beauty of cookies. Um, so our verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The first few words of that verse, for God so loved the world that he gave. Um, up until this point, I, let's do a little context work on this. It appears in the Gospel of John, and this is the end of a conversation that, that Jesus is having with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is this religious guy. And he says, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And he says, you must be born again. And they get into this kind of a theological debate. And then at the end of this theological debate, Jesus says to Nicodemus, in the hearing of all of his followers, God loves you. God loves you so much that he, that he gave. Um, up until this point, this is important to note that God so loved the world. Those two words, the world, are really important in John 3.16. Because up until this point, all, the only scripture that had been written, Jesus or John didn't know that he'd be writing this years later and that would become scripture. So the only scripture that the world knows at this point is the Old Testament. And what that's pointing to is God's people are the Jewish people. So the only people that are in that God loves are people who have been born in the right place and born to the right parents and born at the right time. Those, the people that have been born correctly are the ones that God loved. That's what the, the world believes at this point. That's what Judaism had taught at this point. But Jesus proclaims this, and hear me, God so loved the world. It's super important. And John is a Jewish man writing these words. Later on in the book of John, John tells his reader, I'm writing these things so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Messiah, the long-awaited one. And one of the things he does to do that is to say to you at the beginning that he, God loves you. No matter who you are, where you are, where you were born, how you were born, who your parents are, what part of the world you live in, what color your skin is, God loves you. 
God loves the world has incredible meaning because Jesus is talking to a really important Jew when he says this. And John is writing to both Jews and Gentiles when he writes this about, hey, one time Jesus did this. So I want you to to see the importance of this, that um, it hits the, the Jew, it hits the religious person, because this is not, you don't have, because you showed up here today in this church, doesn't mean you have the market cornered on God's love. And it hits the Gentile in that there's not a certain type, nationality, nothing that makes God love you. Um, And also remember that with this verse, Jesus is beginning to build his church. God loves. Um, Verse 17, go back to, to John 3, 17. For God did not send his son to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. This, um, John 3.17, is a verse that we don't hear very much because John 3.16 is so famous, but this verse is incredible. And I found something really cool about this verse. The Greek word here, condemn, like many times when I think of condemn, my mind goes to, uh, almost immediately goes to like capital punishment. You've been condemned to die. It's a punishment that happens to you. God didn't come to bring a punishment to you. And there's truth in that. But that's not what this condemned word means. It's the Greek word krino, K-R-I-N-O. And it means to separate. God didn't come. Jesus didn't come here to separate. And the word picture is like this. You ever had a... a, um, a bag of M&Ms, and there's different colors. What are the colors of M&Ms? There's brown, light brown, and dark brown, and blue. Help me out, seriously. What? There's no light brown? I'm sorry. That's why I ask you to help me out. Look at you guys. You're serious about your M&M colors. Calm down. Red, green, blue, brown, yellow, orange. Orange, yeah, I knew orange. Um, so... Imagine you've got a bowl of M&M's, and imagine you take out all of the yellow M&M's. You take all the yellow M&M's out. What you've done there is crenoed, crenoed is the Greek word for condemned, you've crenoed the yellow M&M's. I want you to think about that. Jesus did not come here to this earth, to separate the good ones from the bad ones. I want you to let that sit with you for a second. Because we tend to think that God did come to separate the good ones from the bad ones. We we tend to think that God came to, to separate us from them. And and that can go in either direction. We can go to a self-righteous place where we're the us, we're the the M&Ms left in the bowl. Or we can tend to go to the other place, we're the them, and we're the yellow M&Ms that 
that Jesus said, we're taking them out and you are not welcome here anymore. That's what this word condemned means and that's, that's not what Jesus, look, like, look at that. For God did not send his son to condemn, to separate the world, to separate the good from the bad. Jesus is not here to do that. That's, in, that's really incredible news. And it's really incredible news for the person that thinks they're the them and that thinks they're the yellow M&M. And it's really hard news for the person that thinks I'm the we or I'm the us and I'm still left in the bowl. Because Jesus didn't come to, to separate. He came to love the world. Um... One of the things as a pastor when you're preaching is to know when to move past, like, okay, that's enough about that. But I, I don't want to stop talking about Crino yet. Because it's so incredible and beautiful. He didn't come to put the right people over here and the wrong people over here. And we just do that all the time. You do that all the time. And, and the, the cool part about it is when we think about it is just separ- like this word condemn, crino, as, as separate, it doesn't seem to be quite as hard as when we say the word condemn. But here's the truth. When you separate in a way that God didn't, now let's think about the, the heaviness of the word condemned and what that does. If Jesus did come to separate or judge or condemn, you would be in trouble. Your religious activity, your presence at this church, your servant nature, any of that stuff, your Bible reading, none of it would matter. But Jesus came to give to you. And another reason why I I wanted to give you a cookie today. Because God loves you in a simple way. I want to go back to um, the real heart of this verse, these verses, and talk about love for a second. Um, so it, it's, it gets a little bit mixed up here. So give me your brain for just a second. Um, so this, this Greek word that John writes, for God so loved the world, that Greek word translated as love is sort of an agape-like word. You guys have heard agape before. It's, it's you know, unconditional love. But there is a, a Hebrew word, ahava, which is almost always in the Old Testament when it says love, it's translated as ahava. John was, was a Hebrew man. So while his word gets translated as agape, what he's speaking, what Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, and what John wrote is this understanding of love, this ahava understanding of love. Does that make sense? Well, it's translated as Greek because he's writing in a language called Greek. The heart of what he's saying is ahava. And ahava is a compound love word that means to stay and to give. So when, when the Bible says that God loves you, 
he's saying, I love you. I have this emotion. I have this reality of who I am that makes me do two things. One, it makes me stay. And one, it makes me give. So when, when someone who has studied the language says to you, God loves you, what that person is saying is, no matter what you've done, the, the stay portion of Ahava means, whatever you've done, I choose to stay. And imagine a, a couple that, that's just screaming and fighting, or imagine a couple that, where, where one spouse cheats on the other. And, and the, the spouse that got cheated on chooses to stay. That's part of Ahava. And the, the beauty is that we've, and, and there's even an entire book of the Old Testament called Hosea, and the point of it is that, so Hosea was a guy who, who married a, a wife, and God said, I'm, I want you to marry her, and when, before you marry her, I want you to know that she's going to cheat on you over and over and over again, and she's going to have kids, and you're going to raise them, and they're not going to be yours, they're going to be from, from her adulterous lovers. Before he married her, God told him that. And he told him that so that we would understand that this is us. We are Hosea's wife. Yet he ahavas us. He chooses to stay. I've seen the very worst of you, and I choose to stay. When you eat a cookie today, Know that God loves you like that. He chooses to stay. For God so chose to stay that he gave his son to die for you. But the other half of Ahava is to give. The the Hebrew people, even today, believe that To love means to give. And the more that you give to the person that you love, the deeper your love goes. And it's not like a prerequisite to love means you have to give. It means that because you love, you don't have a choice but to give. And it means that the more you give, the deeper your love goes. Not because of the fact that you gave, but because of the dynamics having to do with love. The more you give, the deeper your love goes. And it's, consider that in this context, that God so ahavad you that he gave. This is what God's love means for you. Like, he can't help but to stay, and he can't help but to give because he loves you. Um, I want to end this morning with, with one last clip and one last thought. So what you're about to see is just a, a quick little like 20 seconds of the end of that first conversation that, that you saw. And by the way, the video is, is much better in, in this clip. I don't know why. Um, so get excited about that. Um, and so what the, the context you need to know, what you just missed her saying was... She was a law student and in law school, and she, they had little study groups, and she started bringing baked goods to the, to the study group, 
And people started showing up to the study group, not because of the study group, but because they were going to get to eat her cookies and her muffins and all that stuff. And she, at the end of it, she said, I had 38 study partners and a D average. And then she says this. Hit that clip, Boston. Well, thank you for forcing me to eat them. But that's, this is a, the beautiful picture of how much God loves you. He knows what's going to satisfy your soul. And he offers it freely. And I love, it's like at, right at the very beginning of that clip, so you might have missed it. She said, I figured if I was going to change the world, it would be through cookies. She says that because that's what she does well. That's her, the gift that she has to give. And remember, ahava means give. That's the gift that she has to give to the world is cookies. So your job now is to finish that statement. I figured if I was going to change the world, it would be through For Jen, it's clearly cookies. But God doesn't just love you for your sake. God loves you for the sake of the people in your life. God loves you for the sake of the people that you accidentally happen into. So you can ahava them. So what does that mean to you? I figured if I'm going to change the world, it's going to be through. So your job is to figure out what that looks like. Where are your passions? Where are your gifts? Where are the people around you? What do you do well? And go and do it. And don't just do it. Do it in the name of love of human beings. Because God so loved the world, not specific people, and God didn't come to condemn, to separate people. He came to put us all into one big circle, desperately needing his love, and he provided all that we needed. And so now we go with that idea into our world to go and be that. But God very specifically gifted and equipped you with very specific passions. It doesn't always have to be what you're good at. A lot of times, it's what you're passionate about. Do you know that the things that you're passionate about, God intends for you to be passionate about those things because he has a plan for you to be passionate and plug your love into those things? John 3.16 is not just some field goal background placard. John 3.16 is God's telling you that he ahavas you and he doesn't separate you and he also sends you with that. Um, I think it's time for me to stop talking. Let's pray. God, thank you so much 
that you love us. God, thank you so much that you love us. God, I pray that you would press this idea of Ahava love, this giving and staying love deep into our beings, Father. I pray that you would press this idea that you love us and not condemn us deep into our beings, Father, that we might go and not Crino people, and we might go and Ahava people instead, and we would engage with how much you love us and, and respond in worship and respond in being sent, Father. I pray now for each of us in this room that you would burn someone or a group of someones into our head that we might, that you're calling us to love in a, in a way that we could, could love them, Father. And I pray that as we do, we would more greatly understand how much you love us. God, thank you for um, my wife that I love. Thank you for bringing her into my heart to teach me about how much you love us. God, thank you for these friends that show and prove and demonstrate your love on such a consistent basis, Father. But God, thank you mostly for the perfect sacrifice of your son, Jesus. and the love that he showed there. Thank you for loving us. In Christ's name, amen.